Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell. Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. We have a great show for you today. I am sitting down with my friend Candice Cameron Bure. She is an actress. You might know her as an author. She is currently the star of Fuller House, also the star of Full House, many movies. She's written books. I mean, she has done so much. She's also a very strong Christian, and she's somebody who has been a really positive witness in faith. And so I'm excited to have her on the show today. We're going to talk about her faith, her career, and so much more. But before we get into that, I just wanted to point you guys to some stories that I think are interesting over on the Pure Flix Insider blog. You can go to insider.pureflix.com to read these stories. But we've got this really interesting back and forth discussion about tithing. What is it? How should we do it? Is it something that the Bible still commands us to do? I think for people who go to church, this is something that is obviously um, a really hot topic, and there are different viewpoints on what Scripture actually says. So we've got this piece called Tithing, What Is It, and How Should You Do It? It's over on insider.pureflix.com. You can read perspectives from both sides. You can see the Scriptures where people kind of pull out the importance of tithing, and you can see if it's something you should be doing. And so you can maybe even weigh in on what you think about that. You can go over to our Facebook page to do that at Facebook backslash Facebook.com backslash pureflix. You can also leave a comment there on the blog. Now we've got a couple of other stories it's worth pointing your attention to. There are a number of things that I have heard over the years, and I've even covered coming out of the Middle East, claims that Jesus has appeared to people in dreams or in visions or in person even, and some people are skeptical of these stories. Others find a lot of hope in them, but we've got a number of people who have said that they've experienced this, they've they've encountered Jesus in this way, and so one of those stories we cover over on the blog, it's a Muslim man who claims that he had this stunning um, Jesus apparition, that Jesus came to him and actually presented, had him write down the book of John. So the entire book of John um, was dictated by this man he didn't know who it was, and so the claim is that it was Jesus. Now, no matter what you think about that, it's a fascinating story. It's worth reading what missionaries and others have said about this. So that story is titled, His Face Was So Shiny, Muslim Man's Stunning Jesus Claim Revealed. You can check that out. We also have an interview I did a while back uh, with Kathy Lee Gifford talking about what she believes to be, quote, the cure for the malignancy of the soul. It was a fascinating interview interview, talking with her about faith, Christianity, and what that really means in her life. So you can read that and also listen to that interview over at insider.pureflix.com. Now, I want to welcome Candice Cameron Bure to the show. Again, a good friend of mine and somebody who I think is a great example of a Christian living and working in Hollywood and really setting, I think, a fascinating and important standard by having a presence there and having her faith just shine through. It's who she is. So I had a chance to recently head out to California for some things to film and headed over to the Warner Brothers studio and had a chance to see the set of Fuller House and to sit down with Candace and catch up on faith and so much more. So you can hear that conversation with Candace right now. So Candace, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. And you're, you're busy. As Very always. busy. Happily busy. Happily busy. How do you, I, I ask you this all the time because I see you on Instagram. You're all over. You're filming. How do you, how do you balance it? 
I have more and more people working for me. <laughs> That's how I <laughs> Having a good team is like the it's key It's really to... important. It, it is true. I've done so much of it on my own by myself for so many years. But as, as I've grown, as my business has grown and my brand has grown, so has my company and the amount of people that now work for me. So it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of people. So it, um, that's the only way I can do it. And then of course I have great support at home, but my kids are also, they're moving out like all of them. I am going to officially be an empty nester this year, which is totally crazy, but that gives you some perspective because people know I have kids, but it's not like I have little ones running around. Right. I have adult children now that are actually leaving the nest. So there is less responsibility at home. And my husband is a, is very supportive and wonderful and you know, it all works out. So are you prepared for the empty nest? No, I'm not. It's, I feel like people don't talk about it enough, especially (laughs) us women. Maybe there are people that talk about it, but I haven't heard. You just hear that it's hard, but you never hear. The like, practical solutions. Right, right. Like, what do you do with your time? Exactly. And I know, I know I'm a busy person, so I, my time will be occupied in that. I don't think but you're going to have a make, problem in It that doesn't regard. make the hurt go away or the empty feeling like, oh, my kids are gone. My house just, it feels, and I don't have a full house at home. Oh, look at that. Look <laughs> at that. That's a really when good point. Yeah, look at that. Uh, um, so it is It is a little bit hard. Although the advice that I've gotten from a few people, they say, yeah, it's hard when your kids go off to college and they leave. But then, trust me, they come back and they still want you to do their, their laundry and cook for them. <laughs> and then you'll want them out of the house Yeah, then real. you're like, wait, you were gone and you need to now be gone. Like, we're, yeah. we're good here. So that's what I keep hearing. But it was a little bit of a shock because my youngest is still in high school, but he is going to play hockey on the east coast for high school and he's so excited to do that wow that's huge yeah and it was a great opportunity so we wanted him to be able to do that but i wasn't quite expecting for him to be gone this year so it's a little shocking but you're busy and right now you are finishing up fuller house season five we just kind of got well we're in the middle of the season now okay yeah not quite finishing up because we go till the end of the year to film our season Wow. Okay. Which is season five. Wow. Okay. So obviously the full house, the original show, mm-hmm. huge, huge show. And you got another five seasons of the show in Fuller House. What was it like to kind of reunite with everybody, get to be back with a lot of the team again and experience that all over again? It's been one of the biggest joys of my life. All of us have always been friends over the years. We've been a super close bunch, but never did I think we were going to be working together again. And so I get to go to work with my best friends. And over these five seasons, we've become closer and closer, which makes the fact that it's ending harder and harder. Because I'm not going to be with them every day. I know. But it really, I've said it many times, but of all the things that I do, it really is my favorite job. And it's because of the people I work with. Andrea Barber, Jody Sweeten, all of our our crew that we have and the rest of the cast I'm they mean so much to me and it's hard to think about not being with them every day but they are joys of my life they are truly my family 
And so clearly, I'm having a rough year because my kids are leaving, the show is ending. I'm like, this is a, a lot, lot of it's emotional... It's a lot. By the end of the year, you'll have a lot of stuff kind of come to a close. But that usually means there's new things coming. Yeah. Right. And that's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. Totally. But it is hard. I mean, it's really cool that you've got that second chance, too, that you all have that chance to come back and do the show. It is. For a new generation, right? Yes. And I would... I would do it all over again, knowing that it would have to end because it's been such an incredible journey and an incredible friendship. And, and I've gotten to play this character that I've known for literally 30 years of my life. I love DJ Tanner and I love playing her. And it's, I think for some people and some actors, they might think like, oh my gosh, the same character or you're doing a, a show, If even if you're on Broadway, you're doing a play, but you do the same thing over and over and over. Doesn't it get boring? Don't you want to play someone new? And I think to myself, DJ Tanner is, is like my best friend or my sister. No, I don't want to get rid of her. I, I want to be with her for the rest of my life. So I love playing her. Do you think there's ever a chance there could be another sort of reboot of some sort? I am hoping for it. I am not... I'm not going to let it go. Jody and Andrea and I joke that we say, listen, if if anything, we're just going to do fullest house in Jody's garage. <laughs> we're just going to make up our own stress. It could be like on, on Instagram live or something. It could be exactly. Your own. <laughs> I don't know. Well, never say, you know, never you say never never. Know. You never, never would have thought probably in a million years that it would be back exactly. you know, in this form, right? Exactly. So. I would love to, in another 10 years, do the Golden Girls version with, Jody and Andrea. <laughs> you never know. And who knows where TV will be? It's so fascinating that Netflix, right? You know, yeah. when you just look at the way TV has gone and streaming, and who knows where it'll be in 10 years, yeah. right? It's yeah, kind of exciting. So, um, all right. So, one thing about you that I've always loved is your faith and your faith walk and how you've always consistent, consistently lived that out in public. And you've never compromised it. And you've always openly discussed it, but in a way that is natural, right? It's not like, you know, beating people over the head with your faith. You talk about it when you're asked about it, you bring it up when it's a, it's just, that's how we should sort of be doing it, I think. And it's a great example. Um, how have you consistently been able to do that? Like live it out openly in an appropriate way without compromising yourself? Well, I appreciate all the things that you said in the way that I do it. So thank you for saying that. But it's not something I think about regularly. And that's why it's a difficult question for me to answer because I'm not methodical about it. I'm not trying to sit there and figure out how do I best do this. My faith is just my life. It's a part of it. It naturally flows from me. And I feel like I've navigated my entire career differently than most people have because I, the goal for me isn't necessarily the next project or making more money or being a bigger star. I've always chosen the things that are true to me and the things that I want to do. And if I can't do those, then I'm willing to say, okay, I can either try it another way or this isn't right for me or I'll create another way to be able to do it because I'm not, I've never been willing to say yes and compromise myself. I've said so many more no's in my life as far as my career goes than yeses. 
And so I've just kind of done it my way. And that's how my faith has played a part in it. And I'm glad that people have respected it within my industry and the people that I've worked with. And obviously the fans that have, have shown up and watched what I do. And those are all wonderful things, but I, I, I just can't not, not be who I am. It is so, who you are. That's what I was going to say. It's who you who are. I am. And that's why I love that response because I do think sometimes we can overthink, mm-hmm. you know, how are we going to be, how are we going to do, like, how are we going to, it's like, live it, like just live it. Yep. It's who you are. And yep. that shines through and people respect that when it's authentic. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it works for you because you're just being yourself. Yes. Right. And so I think we sometimes over play our hand, you know, as Christians, like, oh, we have to walk in and everyone needs to know that we're Christians and everyone, no, they're going to see it through the way you live and who you are. Right. So now another thing, I think a lot of people obviously they know that you talk about your faith, they hear you speak about it, but just your faith journey as just a young person, you know, working in Hollywood, because you were working in Hollywood and you were had fame before you had really and fully embraced Christianity. Yes, because I've been working since I was five years old, virtually my whole life. And I didn't start going to church until I was 12 years old. That's when my family started going to church because I wasn't raised up in a Christian family. And we started going to church because my parents thought they might want to get a divorce. And a friend of of our family had invited the family to go to church. And that's what ultimately helped reconcile my parents' marriage, who now just celebrated 50 years uh, uh, earlier in the month. And... That started my my faith journey, and I I became a Christian, and I say I became a Christian by asking God to be my Lord and Savior at 12 years old, but I didn't actually start digging into my faith. It didn't become my own until I was in my early 20s, and that's when I had kids, and I started thinking about my relationship with God and how I wanted to raise my kids, and... I knew I believed in Jesus and the Bible, but I never really read the Bible. I didn't really go to church anymore. But all of those things changed when I got married and became a mom and needed to decide how I was going to live my life and how I was going to raise my family. And that's when it changed. And a huge influence was my brother, um, Kirk, which I'm sure a lot of of your a lot of the listeners yeah, know who my so. brother Kirk is. And he had given me a, a book by Ray Comfort that was called The Way of the Master at the time, yeah. And it was a, that book was a really big influence in my life because I had lived more, more with an understanding that um, I just always thought I was such a good person. So I, I truly never understood my need, my need for Jesus. I just felt like, well, I'm really good. I do a lot of good things. I give to charity and my good works are what are really saving me. It's not really because I'm a bad person. So I don't really need Jesus, but I believe in Jesus. So I'm totally covered. Like you're good. You're totally covered. I covered all my bases. (laughs) Yes. And that's how I felt in my teen years and my very early twenties. And it wasn't until I read that book that that shared the gospel with me in light of the Ten Commandments, in light of God's standard of goodness, not just the world's standard of goodness. And it was then for the first time that I actually saw myself as a sinner 
in need of Jesus, Jesus's saving grace to save me from God's wrath, to save me from the judgment, to reconcile me to God. And I never got that before just because I thought I was such a good person. And uh, that's when it changed for me. And I prayed that day when literally the light bulb went on in my head and I went, oh, I get it. I, I totally get why I need Jesus now. And I prayed, God, do not let this fire ever go out from under me. I pray that I will, I will live my life for you, that you will teach me the and mold me into the woman that you want me to be and how you want me to raise my family and what kind of wife you want me to be to my husband and what kind of leader or pillar in my community I can be for you to reflect who you are. And that was my prayer that day. I mean, I remember it so strongly and I can sit here almost 20 years later or actually, yeah, 20 years later and say, God has not ever let go of that promise of the prayer that I prayed to him. And you've stayed He's, rooted to that truth, that baseline, right? Yes, truth. and I have. And it's not right. It's not that I just prayed the prayer and then was like, oh, I'll just keep living thing, my life. Right? People, I had to dig into the word of God. And that's the thing. I think a lot of times, there's, and I think I've thought this in the past, like, oh, you say the prayer and you're like, I'm a Christian. And it's like, but no, like the process of being a Christian is living it out after the prayer, right? Exactly. Like that prayer is sort of a starting point. Okay, like yes. God, help me guide me, I, you know, yes. you make your promise to God and then you got to move forward from there. You have to do the work. It's right. just like anything. If you want to be successful or you want to be a good parent, you have to do the work. So it's the same thing. And by doing the work, I believe it's being in the word of God. You have to read the Bible. You have to study it. You And, and for me, practically, that is being in a Bible study so I can talk it out with people, hear different points of views or maybe things that I'm missing. I listen to different sermons online. Obviously, I go to church, listen to my pastor, uh, and I read other books. And And then what I love when I read other books that are Christian content, I love trying to read it through the lens, especially authors that I'm not certain of or certain about their theology. I really try to read that book and say, does this completely line up with the Bible and let me read it side by side. So when they're quoting something, I'm actually going to go turn to my Bible. Maybe I'm going to read some additional commentary by another That's pastor smart. to see if this lines up. And it's effort. It and is. It it, is. It's a lot of effort. And, you know, some seasons I do it more than others. Some seasons I'm like, okay, I'm just all I can do is read my Bible. Right. I don't have time exactly. to dig in a little deeper at this very moment. But that is the work. And over over the years, you you, you learn, you know. Exactly. And and the more and more I learn, the more I realize I don't know very much. I know. And, then, and the more grateful I am for the grace of God. There's so much that I encounter in the Bible. Where I'm like, I never saw it that way before. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, well, what does that really mean? And so I find myself going down these rabbit holes of reading, you know, Matthew Henry's commentary. I'm like, okay, what were they saying in the 1800s? What, how were people processing this? What does it yes. really mean? But I think that's important. I think we have to do that so we understand, you know, and I kind of don't stop until I get an answer. If I'm seeing something I'm not understanding, well, okay, I pray about it, right? Like that's not yep. something I used to do. I would just kind of read or I'd like do devotionals yep. and not really read the Bible. Yep. Um, and so since Earlier this year, I've been like every morning I have to read, whether it's like 4.30 in the morning, whatever I have to do before yep. cast with the kids starts yep. and work starts, I've got to put that time in. But it changes everything when you do that. It really does. It really does. And that's 
that's what keeps me motivated. I'm sure that's what keeps you motivated. And anyone who reads the Bible on a daily basis knows that you recognize and you realize so much more that you don't want to live without that. Exactly. But if you don't even start and you don't know and put that work in, you will never understand how present God is in your life, how much God shows you in your life, how much he gives direction. And it, unless you're doing the work. So exactly. I don't ever want to be separated from that. And that's what keeps me motivated to keep digging in. And sometimes your truth ends up becoming the truth you live by, which is very dangerous. And that's something that, you yes. know, I've tried to be very aware of. Am I seeing something through my lens and not really understanding it? Because properly? we can so easily be deceived and deceive ourselves. And Absolutely. it's so easy to hear something from someone where you're like, but that sounds good. It sounds so good. nice. It right? sounds so nice, but it's not the truth. It's not. Okay, I have to let you go because I know you have to run. But one last question for you. And I feel like I torture you with this question every time. But I'm going to ask you. We saw you on The View. You did The View. And you haven't done a lot of like political commentary yeah, the since. The View feels the, like a lifetime it ago. It was a lifetime now. ago. It was. Will you ever, do you think you'll ever see yourself in that sort of position again where you're talking through issues of the day, similarly to the way you were on The View? Right now, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I have so much I'm doing right now that I'm really enjoying and so getting getting back into talking about political issues you say no one can see my yeah no one can see my face except you and I'm cringing right now just in time for 2020 (laughs) don't do it it's uh it, it it that is not at the top of my list right now but it doesn't mean that in 10 years I might not do that or five years I don't I can't I don't know the future that far into the future but right now in the immediate over the next couple years i don't yeah. plan on getting back well that's that. good but 2020 and plans. that's not to say a talk show i love i love sure. being on a talk show that's great but going head to head on political issues it, it's a difficult job i mean yeah. i that, that's in the news right now with with megan oh yeah yeah Kane, the struggles that she's, she's been having with yeah yeah it's just yeah hard <laughs> i do not miss fox news debates that's something that i do not i like right. talking about uplifting stories exactly. and talk, like what we're talking exactly. about like it's, yeah and what you were doing was a whole other level of chaos but you handled it well anyway we will leave it at that thank you so much for coming on today you're welcome thanks for having me we'll be right back with more of the pure flicks podcast Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family-friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free one-month trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. And we're back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. And we're back with more of the Pure Flix podcast. And what I want to do now is talk to you guys a little bit about a topic that I think is incredibly important. You know, we do these mini devotionals here on the podcast. And today is a day for that because I think our culture needs nothing more 
than forgiveness. Forgiveness is the core of the gospel. It is why God sent Jesus to forgive us, to reconcile us to him. And we, we're we all sinners. We all make mistakes. And I think it's so easy, even as Christians, to talk about the importance of God's sacrifice and who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But when it comes to people who hurt us, when it comes to the pain and the things that come into our lives, it's easy to compartmentalize that and refuse to forgive and refuse to have grace for others. But I think we have forgiveness all all wrong. When we talk about forgiveness as a culture, we focus on the other person. We have to offer them our forgiveness. We have to do that for them. You know, they've done something wrong to us, and it's the right thing to forgive them so that they can sleep at night, so that they can feel better about themselves. But that is not what the core of forgiveness is, right? The core of forgiveness is about yourself. It's about what goes on in your heart. When you refuse to forgive, and I have seen this with people in my life, you you can become consumed with anger and hate and frustration. What for what refusing to forgive does to you is incredibly tragic. It it eats away at you, the anger over what that person has done. When you don't let go of that, when you don't allow yourself to heal from that, that's what forgiveness is about. It's about freeing yourself from that pain and anger. It might mean that you don't have a solid relationship with that person who's done something wrong to you, right? Uh, We're not required to continue going back to bad situations, but we are required to continue loving people. And Jesus is very clear about loving our enemies. He talks about that quite a bit. Obviously, he says the most important things we need to do love God, then love others. Um, And love is not conditional on having a a relationship or being best friends with somebody, right? But I look at Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, and it just stands out to me as such an important and powerful area of Scripture. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I mean, that is the core. That is the gospel. And one of the other verses that has just jumped into my mind as I'm watching the world and where we are culturally, you look at Matthew 6, 14 through 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, that is convicting. We want forgiveness from God. We know that God sent Jesus for us, but we're not willing to forgive other people in our lives. And it doesn't say there that, you know, when others sin against you and apologize to you and say they're sorry, it doesn't say that. It says, I'm going to read it again. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Incredibly convicting. It leaves us with a lot to think about. We live in a difficult and painful culture. We have people in our lives that may have hurt us. Maybe we've hurt other people. Maybe we need to apologize and say we're sorry to someone, but you may never get that apology from somebody else that's hurt you. But you have to remember what is said here. We need to get rid of the bitterness, get rid of the rage, get rid of the anger, the brawling, the slander, and every form of malice. If that is not convicting, I don't know what is. So when we talk about forgiveness, we've got to train ourselves to think about it differently, to think deeper about what not forgiving is doing to our hearts. If you have somebody you haven't forgiven today, think about that, pray about that, ask for that strength. Forgiveness can be a complicated process, but it's one that we are called to. So with that being said, we are at the end of the Pureflix podcast for this week. I want you guys to tune in next week for another episode. In the meantime, though, we have got tons of content for you, uplifting, inspiring content. If you head over to facebook.com slash Pureflix and pureflix.com, you can stream movies, original series, documentaries, and so much more. We've got a great new show called The Beverly's for your kids. 
check that out. And again, tune in next week for another episode. If you want to subscribe to the podcast and you're just hearing it now, you can head over to anchor.com slash pureflixpodcast to find all the platforms where we're available, iTunes and a bunch of others. So get that done. Subscribe and tune in next week. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at pureflix. And be sure to log on today to pureflix.com for your free month of access to thousands of faith and family friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.